Hello. Welcome to this episode of One Single Woman. This is a podcast for single people. My name is Pip Brown. I am not currently partnered. I am not a wife and I am not a mother. I am living an empowered and independent life with my two rescue dogs, Haddie and Goose. Join me and my wonderful guests as I lift the lid on the societal pressures surrounding relationships, marriage, children and an array of other important issues. I will also share with you my thoughts and experiences of being happily single and enjoying life unattached. Let's go. Hello, and a massive warm welcome back to One Single Woman. Before I say anything else at all, I want to say the biggest thank you for the support following my debut episode last week. I cannot tell you how much every message, voice note, comment, like and share meant to me. You'd never believe how exposed I felt last Wednesday morning. And to read messages from people who resonated with what I was saying and who agreed with what I was saying, that is my drive. You'll hear later on in this episode that I'm sat here starting a podcast because of listening to someone else's words. And so to hear that I may be able to help other people means the world to me. Thank you so much. Now, I wanted to give you some background today about myself and about my life in order to give this podcast some context. I'm going to be expressing some fairly deep feelings I have towards the end of this episode because despite the voice in my head, which keeps telling me, don't sit here and don't say all these things, I am sat here and I am saying all these things. And I always want to be my most authentic self on here. I feel that's really important. Now, I don't want to give you war and peace about my life, so I'm going to give you an outline as to where I am at this point, and then I'll give you some background with regards to the significant areas in my life and their relevance to this podcast. So, hello again, my name's Pip. I live in a beautiful village on the Isle of Wight and I own a dog walking business. I spent many years of my life in the veterinary industry where I was trained trained on the job as a veterinary nurse. It's all completely different now, but I was trained on the job. And when obviously COVID came along and like with so many people, my I had a bit of a wake up call and I realised that I wasn't happy anymore and I left my job in 2021 and accidentally set up my dog walking business. I'd started walking a Labrador for a lady in the village just to get some extra cash while I was just working out what I was going to do with my life and it just kind of snowballed from there and now I carry out my days consist of approximately three walks with four to six dogs on each walk. That's four to six, not 46, I'm not Caesar Milan. Um, It's a perfect job for me. Dogs are very much my thing in life. I'm particularly passionate about dog rescue. There are thousands of dogs in this world needing homes and I've done a lot of voluntary work in the past with rehoming. I've travelled across some parts of Europe looking after dogs and when they've come from, you know, sort of terrible situations on their way to their new lives. And I've always adopted and fostered dogs myself. And I'm also, I don't do so much of the rehoming now. Actually, I don't do any of the rehoming now, but I'm part of, I'm still part of a national database of home checkers for animal charities. So I still do a little bit where I can. The dog walking is wonderful. I really, really love it. It's brilliant most of the time. Obviously, this time of year, it's not great when you get soaked through to your pants. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my life for the world at the moment. I love spending time with my own dogs. Um, I've got Haddie and Goose. So Haddie is a 
little, sweet, unassuming soul who never does anything she shouldn't be doing. Goose is a big, clumsy, woolly head pillock that arrived and just moved in with us just over a year ago. And life's never really been the same since he moved in. (laughs) He certainly fills my life with a lot of calamity. But I love them so much and I wouldn't change anything for the world. I love spending time with my friends. My friends are a big part of my life. I love photography and anything creative. And I've just completed, I know I mentioned this last episode, I've just completed my power boating course. So that was so exciting. Did it on what would have been one of the roughest days of the year. It was blowing a hoolie, it was raining and it was absolutely brilliant. I was slightly disappointed. I carried out the course with a friend of mine, Michael. And when I heard that there was man overboard training I very enthusiastically volunteered him to go in the water so that I could retrieve him out but that didn't end up happening we didn't end up doing anything like that we were throwing boys in and retrieving them with boat hooks so anyway there's always next time (laughs) and I'm apparently now a podcaster so I feel I think this podcast is going to take up the majority of my life it's (laughs) swiftly becoming a full-time job But I am so enjoying putting these episodes together and I think it's so important to be speaking out about this topic in particular and and the sort of, well, this topic obviously umbrellas lots of other topics. Speaking of which, I'm going to give you some background now regarding my child-free status and I just want to make people aware that I am going to be discussing infertility. When I was 11 years old, I started my menstrual cycles. What led on from that point was a whole load of misery for me. My cycles were incredibly heavy, they were painful and they were erratic. I needed a lot of time away from school during those years of my life and when I was able to go to school I usually ended up being sent home by the nurse in a bit of a state. My mum took me for various trips to the doctors and we were told that it was my age and that things would level out and settle down. Um, With my cycles came the most horrendous mood swings And I spent those years of my life dealing with a lot of anger and a lot of resentment, not just towards my body, but to those around me. It really turned me into an anxious mess. To cut a very long story short, when I was 14, my cycles suddenly just stopped out of nowhere. I had the last one, which was just as horrendous as the others, and then they just stopped. After a few months, my mum sort of dragged me to the doctors. I didn't want to go because I didn't want to go for a doctor to kick things off again. Um, But we did go. And at the time, my aunt was a consultant in London and she was able to put us in touch with a paediatric consultant up there. And I went through a massive test, scans, ultrasounds, and I was eventually diagnosed with premature ovarian failure, meaning I was effectively in the menopause at 15 years old. I remember when the consultant told us, my mum and dad were understandably really shocked, really upset, because he confirmed that I wouldn't be able to conceive children naturally and I would need to go down the road of IVF in order to attempt to do so. To this day, I can honestly say that I've never felt any form of grief surrounding my infertility. I know it sounds really bizarre and I can't really explain it, but I've known from a very early age that I would never be a mother. Moving forward with my life, I was fully aware that in terms of dating, I wasn't on the lookout for a, ten- for a potential father for a child. IVF was never going to be in consideration and I didn't really know what I wanted in terms of a relationship. I just felt the pressure to at least be in one knowing that I wasn't going to be starting a family. 
I guess I think I had visions of a man who saw the world in the same way that I did, someone who understood me for who I am and somebody who shared my love for animals and who was kind. And knowing that there was no biological clock ticking and there was no rush to find this man, I have to this day not met him. I spent my life up until last year feeling agony at times over this situation. I would see my friends getting into relationships and getting married. And although I probably could have been married by now or I could have at least been in a long-term relationship, it was just never right. And I felt like I was stood at this start line and watching everyone else just sprint off away from me. I battled for years with these feelings of wanting to be with somebody and to feel normal And the feeling of knowing I couldn't stay with any of the men I'd been in a relationship with. I used to wonder what the hell was wrong with me. Why can't I just meet someone and settle down? And all the while, this same question, these same questions just kept popping up. How's your love life? Are you still single? I'd be asked, have you tried dating apps? Yes, I've tried them. They're a shit show. And I, for one, would rather boil my head in a bucket of oil than go back on them again. I do know people who have met and had successful relationships through dating apps, but I would argue that that is a very luck-based outcome. I I truly believe that you can meet somebody in the workplace, you can meet somebody in a supermarket. I've been asked out in a supermarket car park before. A guy came over and asked me out. I didn't end up going out with him. But what I'm saying is you can meet people organically. You don't have to put yourself through this demeaning process of dating apps if that's not what you want to do and it's not serving you. It's been insinuated that I'm perhaps being too fussy, being too fussy about the person I'm looking to potentially spend a lifetime with. This is just how ridiculous this whole mentality is, that it would be better that I settle for somebody rather than not be in a relationship at all. Imagine if I asked someone, were they still married? Imagine if I said to somebody, are you still married? And then said to them, oh, don't worry, I'm sure your marriage will be over soon. Just imagine Every time I broke off a relationship, I would agonise agonize over whether that was the right decision or not. But I kept getting this overriding feeling, this feeling of relief and a sense of freedom, like I was back to being myself again. When I ended my last relationship at the end of 2019, it was just before the pandemic, which allowed me the breathing space to be alone. Obviously, we were all locked down. It took the pressure off. I wasn't able to mix and I wasn't able to go out on dates. One thing I was beginning to realise was that I actually really enjoyed this sense of freedom. But it was like I was scared to admit that to myself because, come on, it's not normal, is it? Who wants to be on their own? I realised that not having a dating situation going on in the background for a long period of time was encasing me with peace. Lockdown obviously eased and I felt so anxious again. I knew I could reluctantly get back out in the world of dating and instead of listening to my inner voice, the one which told me that I was just fine on my own, I went on a few dates but none of them led to anything. Then... Back in April of last year, I took a week off work. It was Easter and I absolutely love Easter. I always try and take Easter off work and I love the arrival of spring. I just love that feeling in the air when it's Easter and all the daffodils coming up and everything. And incidentally, there's Easter eggs in the shop in the shops at the moment. It's January. It's crazy. Anyway, I'd woken up one morning and I got the dogs in the car and I was going to take them off for a walk. But before we left the car, I had a quick search on podcasts. 
I don't really know what I was looking for. I think I typed in something like single woman. Instantly, that is what I would now, I would now pop up if I put that into podcast, but there we go. Anyway, what I stumbled upon was a podcast called Spinsterhood Reimagined. Now, I'd never really given the word spinster a lot of thought, but the image it would conjure, conjure up in my head isn't a particularly positive one. But on the cover of this podcast was a beautiful woman jumping in the air looking happy as Larry. This podcast is hosted by a lady called Lucy Megason, and her episodes are brimming over with celebration of a life spent without a partner and without children. In other words, the celebration of being a single and child-free woman, which is exactly what I am. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. As I listened, Lucy described how she had, like me, been in various relationships over the years, but none had been right, and she was embracing life as a single woman. The way Lucy described how she felt about her single life was the exact same words which had been in my head for years. Somebody else was saying out loud the same thoughts that I had kept wrapped up inside of me, the same feelings which made me feel like a total effing weirdo. Not only was she voicing exactly how I saw life, she was interviewing many, many women who felt exactly the same. There was interview after interview of women who all had their own unique situation. Some had always wanted to be single, some had ended up being single and are now rocking it. Some were planning to have children on their own, some were partnered but had chosen not to have children, but they were all singing from a really similar hymn sheet. Lucy is also mad about personal development and so I embarked on that journey on that very same day and I've never looked back. It's no exaggeration to say that discovering Lucy's podcast changed my life. It made me look back on all the situations I have walked away from and instead of thinking to myself, what is wrong with me? I now know that there was everything right in every single decision I made. My eyes had been opened to not only how incredible it is not to be in a bad or even a mediocre relationship, but to how close I had come over the years to giving in, to staying in one of those relationships in order to feed the part of me that was so concerned with fitting in. I am not in a relationship with a man who smothered me, telling me that I was too independent if I didn't want to spend all my free time with him. I am not putting myself through the process of IVF for a man who wanted to change my mind about having children. I am not with a man whose morals surrounding animal welfare in no way matched mine. I am not living with a man who I adored, but he had three children and a controlling ex-wife in the background. And I'm not with a man who ticked every single box, but he never made me laugh. Now, these relationships weren't bad relationships, not at all, but I'm highlighting the major problems within them. Because things like a partner who smothers you, someone who wants children when you don't, these are massive issues. It's not like living with someone who leaves their dirty pants on the floor or an empty cereal packet in the cupboard. These are ways in which you will seriously compromise yourself if you go along with that situation. We are taught we need to be coupled, that we're a load of half people wandering around looking for the other half to complete us. I don't believe this could be further from the truth. 
The way I see it is that we are all born and we all die as whole and individual people. The right person can of course enhance and add wonder to your life, of course they can. But the wrong person will very much take a piece of you away. I am in no way disputing how many happy couples and families there are out there, not in the slightest. But we are taught that this is the only way to be happy and it's simply not true. There is no difference between being happily coupled and happily single. They are just two different situations existing on the same plane. One or the other does not make you better or a more worthy person. They are just two different versions of life. And in the same way, being unhappily single is similar to being unhappily coupled. Both are likely to evoke similar emotions, including loneliness. Getting into a relationship to avoid being single isn't going to help. It's not going to elevate you into blissful happiness. It's going to do the polar opposite if it's with the wrong person. The secret in life is not to find someone to make you happy. It is to be happy yourself. The rest will follow in whatever shape or form that means for you. Either you will remain single and embrace a happy solo life or you will find yourself into the right relationship because trust me when I say that being happy on your own completely eliminates the risk of getting into the wrong one. I'm going to be going into all this in so much further detail in future episodes. I have absolutely no idea whether the right man is out there for me or not. He may not be. I may spend my life as a single woman, who knows? Does that potential outcome bother me? Nope. I don't even think about my relationship status now. Well, apart from hosting a podcast about it. (laughs) But I'm not, I don't mean it in that way. I mean, I'm talking about, I don't think, I don't think of it in a way of trying to fix it. There is nothing to fix. Because here I am, at peace, happy and beyond grateful to have listened to that inner voice which protected me from being in the wrong relationship. How amazing would it be if we could go from this outdated belief that being single is the worst place to be and instead voice it between each other that being in the wrong relationship is in fact the worst place. Then we could all go around saying to each other, are you still in the wrong relationship? Right, we need to get you out of that right now. Now that is something I will get on board with. The intrusive questions surrounding my relationship status no longer made me feel belittled or less than. Now I see it for exactly what it is. But there is another issue which I want to speak about. The comments I've received haven't solely been aimed at my single status. Even worse is the way that people pressure those without children. I very much consider myself to be child-free, regardless of my fertility issues. Given my situation, I consider myself very lucky to have always known that I didn't want them. But I have, at times, been questioned, prodded and poked about it by those with no idea of my personal circumstances. When asked the question, why don't you have children, or the presumptuous, when are you having children, the person being asked may be experiencing fertility issues and desperately want children. They may have suffered multiple miscarriages. They may have lost a child. 
They may have weighed up every option and decided that they couldn't or they didn't want to afford a child. They may not want them for a whole host of different reasons and that is very much their business. Not only is it presumed that a woman will have children, it's also presumed that women want to have them. I have been told that I would be an amazing mother. I have also been told that I will regret not having children. Will I? Let's hypothetically say that I had listened to these comments and I had duly totted off down the road of IVF with success. I value my independence and my freedom above anything else. They are the most intrinsic part of who I am. A child would strip me of both. The idea of pregnancy followed by childbirth and what that would do not just to my body but to my mental capacity fills me with horror. The thought of then looking after a tiny human being who can't talk, can't tell me what's wrong, cries all night and will have zero independence of their own for the foreseeable future makes me feel exasperated. The incessant worry and fear I would have for that child when they reach the age to commence approximately 13 years, 13 years of schooling ahead. The worry and fear I would have for that child in the world we live in today, which is both environmentally and socially beyond repair, is not something I'm willing to entertain. Because yes, yes, of course, I would adore my own child. But I know who I am and I know exactly how it would make me feel. I would feel that overwhelming love. And I would, of course, duly sacrifice every part of my life for the sake of theirs. I would militantly ensure that they had every single thing they needed and I would protect them with every piece of my being. But with that love, with that level of sacrifice and with that level of responsibility of not just having a baby, but becoming a parent... I would feel completely incarcerated by that very same love. I won't even go into the teenage years and all that that entails, whether you have a boy or a girl. The whole thing to me is something which the way it is treated so casually by those passing comment is unfathomable. It's the most life-altering event that could ever happen to a woman. And it's one that could so easily lead to both physical and mental health issues. And those of us who choose not to undertake this role are at best questioned and pressured. At worst, we are called selfish or scaremongered by society with the regrets we will apparently face. I have fairly recently been subjected to comments from a man who instantly doesn't have children of his own. He informed me that I am a woman, no shit Sherlock, and that I must want children and that I will regret it. I mean, it was very good of him to let me know, but I will no longer be tolerating conversations regarding my womb any more than I will the ones regarding my choice to be a single woman. I am so grateful that these comments have mainly come from strangers or acquaintances in my life, not from the people close to me. 
But doesn't that make it even more ludicrous? Why on earth do we feel that we have the right to pressure people over such a monumental decision of whether or not to bring a human being into this world? And to anyone out there facing these pressures, please remember that this is your life, it's your body and it is your choice. I am proud of the decisions I have made and no woman on this earth should feel pressured or bullied into forsaking her body, her sense of freedom or her autonomy in order to satisfy someone else's idea of what she should be doing unless that is what she herself aspires to do. I believe this thought process has cultivated a social catastrophe. I so nearly stayed in a variety of situations which weren't right for me for the sake of fitting in. There are 8 billion people on this planet, so I'm hardly going to be the only one, am I? How many people are following this so deeply ingrained pattern of events because of the pressures they are facing and what devastating effect is that having on all involved. Thank you for listening to this. I'm sure you can tell this is something so close to my heart and it has been a thorn in my side on many occasions. I have tolerated ignorant commentary over this subject and I can't imagine how a woman in my situation would feel if she herself was trying to conceive. Imagine a world in which these pressures no longer existed. Imagine a world where we live and let live and simply leave people alone to do what is right for them. That's a world I would be very happy to live in. This is a subject I'm going to be diving a lot further into. I've only scratched the surface here. But I've just had a message from, I've just had an email from Goose with the subject, he's in the kitchen, I don't even know how he's managed to email me from out there, with the subject heading, you said we were going for a walk, so that's my cue to go. If any part of this episode has resonated with you, please do feel free to get in touch with me, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at One Single Woman and you can also email me, my email address is pipperbrown at live.co.uk. Until next week, thank you again. And bye for now.